The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new Sirius XM streaming subscribers. Sirius XM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Yo, what's going on, Busted Open Nation? Thank you for tuning in for the second day in a row to the Fat and the Furious edition of the podcast. That's right, it's me, it's me, it's Bully Ray, along with my tag team partner for today, the innovator of violence, the king of the buffet, the master of extreme, Tommy Dreamer. Got a loaded show as always. It's a Thursday. That means the Wednesday night wars are continuing. NXT versus AEW. Hopefully you watch both shows. Which one did you like the most? We're going to get Tommy's take, going to get my take. Big guy who got over last night with the entire wrestling world. We're talking a lot about Eddie Kingston. How did you feel about Keith Lee relinquishing the North American Championship on NXT? Three-way matches leading up to the big ladder match, blow-off. Chris Jericho, the Young Bucks versus the Butcher and the Blade. That was a waste of good red meat. So much to get into, so much to discuss. Turn it up. You know exactly what to do. The Fat and the Furious, the Butts That Open podcast, coming at you right now. What do you think about Keith Lee relinquishing one of his championships? Do you like it? Or I'm going to stop right there. What, what's your take on it? I, man, first of all, I love the story of Keith Lee, the whole dedication to his trainer uh, right before he passed away, the acknowledgement of his trainer, Killer Tim Brooks. I like that whole video package. I like that whole story. Keith is such a soft-spoken man um, and, and so eloquent the way he speaks. It's hard. Like, I want to see him somewhat get upset slash get, angry but he just speaks so nice he seems like such a kind person and i don't know keith but and he is but just to is give he, up is that, he too nice tommy is he too nice uh i i think he yeah man we have mark henry mark henry's a nice person he's soft-spoken but mark had it to was able to switch make that switch right away and he mark had a long growth period where he became Mark Henry. So I could see some similarities in that. <clears throat> so, um, and But I mean, Keith Lee is definitely getting one hell of a push. And, and I do. I like the way he talks. I like the way he, he speaks. I also want to see him sometimes get pissed and maybe put a little bit more bass in his voice. But uh, with, with Keith giving up that title, I, I understand why he did it. I... Maybe, I don't know. There, there's a few ways you could have gone about it. He would defend, you know, one each and every week, but it gives more opportunity to different talent for the opportunity to become the North American champion. I liked William Regal uh, announcement where we're going to have everybody compete in three ways for this new championship. It gives more opportunity, gives more uh, talent opportunity. So I enjoy that. Uh, aspect. If Keith Lee is going to be the dominant force, um, and I mean, this has gone back from all the way back in the day when like Bruno and Pedro uh, won the tag titles or Bob Backlund won the tag titles with, uh, I think it was with Pedro when Pedro was an intercontinental title holder and they had to relinquish those titles. 
And, you know, it does, they, they, it's been in the history where you can defend both championships, which I don't understand why, but Hey, you know, that's pro wrestling. Interesting that you bring up Mark Henry's name when we're talking about Keith Lee, because myself and Mark have had this conversation before about Keith Lee. And even Mark says he's entirely too soft-spoken. He comes off entirely too nice. He has to be a bit more edgy. There has to be a bit more fire. You brought up a great point about Mark. You know, yeah, Mark is a good dude. But when Mark got in that ring, man, all bets were off. And he was a, he was a mean, <clears throat> nasty son of a gun. Um, yeah, well, hang on, hang on. Mark Henry, when he first came out, when he was the you know wearing the Olympic uh, uh, outfit, Mark, like I said, Mark was was blessed to have a great learning curve, and we got to see the real money maker, Mark Henry. And you know, and if you think about the stages of Mark Henry, he went from you know the baby face strong man. He wasn't the best promo guy, and then you know. Being in the nation, we saw more angst, and then it was just like next level after once he finally came back, he had Teddy Long for a little bit, and he was finding his groove. So it took him a while to find his groove, and back in the business, you were allowed that time. Now, you know, Keith Lee's time on the indies, and then he was thrust into NXT, where he quickly rose due to his talent. And, you know, if you, if you look at the business, how it's different, you know, you're expected to literally walk in to the PC or, or NXT and it's like, you have to be, think about, hey, you have to be fast-tracked for two years tops before they cut bait on you. Or we're going to do something here in NXT with you and you're going to sink or swim because we have a hundred people behind you. It's different from when, you know, you and I were coming up and same as Mark Henry. But man, and I also tell you the the greatest part I liked what he said uh, was how difficult it was to get to NXT, which is a true, true statement. And, you know, he, this guy stepped up this, we'll be talking about Keith Lee for a long, long time in professional wrestling. Um, one of the things that me and Mark also talked about was maybe it's just going to take the right person standing across from Keith Lee to bring it out of him. And last night, I think they planted that seed. Last night, we saw a stare down between Karrion Cross and Keith Lee. Karrion Cross was just myrtleizing Dominic Dijakovic, just pummeling him in the face. And you know, Tommy, as we well, as we know, as we try to educate fans on this show, it's all about the moments that we create. It's all about storytelling. And I think the best storytelling that I saw last night within both shows was at the end of the Dijakovic Karrion Cross match. Because here you have Karrion Cross just bludgeoning Dijakovic. And out comes Keith Lee, um, uh, you know, the guy that's had great matches with Dijakovic, but, and a guy that's also his friend and he wants to be there for him. And Dijakovic is saying, no, don't you dare. Don't you dare stop this. I got this. I got this. It was very reminiscent of Rocky four. It's also interesting how Dijakovic is telling Keith Lee not to end the match or quote, you know, or, you know, subliminally throw in the towel when that's been the discussion here about the whole throwing in the towel with Taz and Brian Cage, which I thought they could have did a good job of wrapping up last night on AEW. But the story that was told at the end of Dijakovic and and Lee and Karrion Cross and the 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 moment that they created that Rocky Four feel with Ivan Drago, Rocky, and Apollo Creed. That moment sucked me in. I was like, wow, I really want to see this happen. What about you? Absolutely. Uh, great storytelling. And that's what I, I said the same thing when I'm watching it. It was it was Rocky IV. Um, and the only thing I think that would have made it better, and in, you know, since NXT was taped as well, I think they could have had the usage of blood. And, you know, blasting him in the face, pulling, you know, he was a defenseless person, even though they had to edit some of those strikes because some of those strikes were a little uh, missing the mark or it's hard when you have a person prone not to 
It's either you have to UFC style bludgeon their face or you have to take care of them. He took care of them and the camera splices are really, really good. But I mean, that's where if you get a shot in pop, he turns away, he looks back, he's bleeding from the mouth, you know, and in WWE, you can use, you know, fake blood or, you know, stuff like that to get that storyline over. Uh, as opposed to someone who's stupid and standing in the ring and starts punching himself uh, like I did against Moose. But hey, it got ratings, so that's what I do. Because my face is all messed up anyway. I could just make myself bleed right now. Hey everyone, this is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Is AEW paying attention to real heels or giving their heels an opportunity to breathe something that we don't get to see a lot in the WWE or NXT? Absolutely. They're giving personality. They're giving, you know, Tony Khan, old school wrestling fan. Uh, Most wrestling fans remember things that they saw. Uh, Britt Baker is an amazing character. Um, I love her assistant as well. She plays a great assistant, Tanea, or I don't know her name in, I think that's her name in AEW. But yeah, man, they, uh, you know, MJF, when you have that many heels, you need that. You know why? Because it helps your baby faces continue to get so, so over. Don't forget about this one really, really good heel who's really, really good on the microphone, Chris Jericho, as well. It is... because you're giving people depth and you're giving people that mic time. And like I said, during this era, we need that. If I feel if COVID didn't hit, it would have been a whole new spectrum for the world of professional wrestling. I don't know. The landscape may or may not have, I know WWE probably wouldn't have let so many wrestlers go. There's so many what ifs, but when you're dealing with a world where you have to connect with an audience You know, if you look at the world, man, there's a lot of angst sometimes when you go outside. There's a lot of uh, weirdness. You'll see fights in the supermarket or arguments. You're 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 surrounded by negative, a negative pandemic on social media. But if you have these heels who can touch on those nerves, because then here's going to come the baby faces to kick their ass. It's uh, makes for good television. That's why Uh, I got those 18 demos. I agree with that, but what I have to disagree with you with is you talked about Chris Jericho being a heel. Uh, I yeah, if you have to put him in a category, I guess. But Chris Jericho could be a heel one second and a babyface the next second, and he can be the biggest heel in the company one night and the biggest babyface in the company the next night. I don't look at Jericho as a heel at all because he's entirely too entertaining. Jericho in AEW right now is probably similar to The Rock in WWE back in the day, where even though The Rock might have been a heel, he said things that popped you, he did things that made you laugh. Yeah, he could bring you back, but a real true heel to me never does that. Now, I get there. There's entertainers, and I think Chris is an amazing entertainer. Um, So I never see – whenever somebody is standing across from Chris, I'm never saying to myself, wow, I hope this guy gets punched in his face. I hope Jericho gets his ass kicked. Last night – I hoped and wished and prayed that Griff Garrison, an absolute nobody, would have beat the shit out of MJF. And to me, that is a real heel getting the job done. Okay, I with Taz, Taz can build up, can build up so much angst and animosity and just create such a situation that you want to see Taz get punched in the mouth. And even with Brit, she's coming off like like such a snobby. uh, I don't know whatever it is. You want to see her get smacked in the face. And these are the types of personalities I think the pro wrestling needs so badly today because Luke Skywalker would have absolute been an absolute pusswad if it wasn't for Darth Vader. 
and that and that's it. I mean, I think we need more real heels. Yeah, and we're getting that, you know. And and Bob, it also you were one of the best heels, and you know you were told why you couldn't be the bully character in WWE because of the times. But if you look at what AEW has done, and I remember. I have the the biggest critic uh, at my availability sometimes, and it was Beulah. She doesn't watch wrestling. And I remember showing her the Britt Baker in her office role model promo where it was almost like the TV show The Office where she was telling Reba what to say and what to do. And she was like, wow, that was entertaining. And she's like, wow, that girl is a heel. And yeah. It's for a character like that. And Brit, they all are so good on the microphone. And if you think about MJF, I'm going to pay him the ultimate compliment. Most fans remember Frank Williams for I get in the ring no matter what. You know why? Because he was ripped down so badly by Roddy Piper. And it made you want to feel, it made you feel for this guy who was the perennial jobber for his entire career that, wow, he was going to actually, he stood up to Roddy Piper. Piper kicked his ass, but stuff like that, you remember for years and years. And MJF, I mean, that kid, uh, Griff Garrison, he could be the next star for the company just because he's got everyone talking about him. You're so right. And only a good heel can do that. And MJF being 24 years old and being able to generate that kind of heat to get a known name over to the level. If Griff Garrison came to the ring next week and interrupted an MJF promo, I'd be like, go Griff Garrison, go kick his ass, get him. So um, uh, basically, I think we're, 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 you know, complimenting uh these folks that we're talking about on some really good mic work, some really good in-ring heel work. So good job. I want to jump on back out to the nation because the, the ratings continue and the voting continues. Let's go out to Jay in St. Louis. Jay, which show did you like best last night and who were you voting for? Hey guys, uh, I watched both shows last night. I watched AEW live and I DVR NXT. Uh, and I have to say AEW continues to entertain me more. Uh, I did love the triple threats in the main event of NXT, but from the start of AEW, Eddie Kingston comes out, and you guys already gave your praise to Eddie Kingston, and I, I couldn't agree more. Um, from that to Britt Baker to uh, Adam Page, everything they did last night, every bit or segment or match they had, I found entertaining, I found fun, I found exciting, and they topped it off, of course, with the return of Sammy Guevara, which I did not see coming. I love that with AEW, I get more unpredictability, things I don't see coming. And I think for me, it brings more of the fan in me out than the analyst in me out. And I love that it makes me pop so much. I marked out so many times last night, especially for, uh, for Sammy's return. I know that he's been gone for a while for good reason, but as a Sammy fan, I am happy to see him back. Um, I love seeing him last night. So, those are my thoughts. Jay, that's a really good take. I want to follow up on one thing you said. You brought up the match between Gargano, uh, Reed, and Strong, and we can agree that that was a, a, a really good three-way. Uh, but you also talked about how great Kingston and Cody was. If you had to choose between those two matches, which match did you like better and why? Um, I would have to say... I liked Kingston and Cody more, more for they had me more pumped up for their match. Eddie's promo beforehand, talking all the crap he did, made me want to see Cody. And of course, they added the no DQ stipulation, uh, which for me made it more entertaining. I think the better wrestling match was on NXT with, the, with those three guys. But for me, the more entertaining match was AEW, especially with the. Uh, the, the, the hype going into it from that pre-match promo. Thank you very much for your phone call, brother. We appreciate you, Jay. Tommy, Eddie created a buzz last night. We always talk about maximizing opportunities and getting over. Eddie Kingston got over huge last night. To hear that caller talk about how 
He didn't want to be an analyst. He, he wanted to be a fan. Like, Eddie made him be a fan. I mean, to a wrestler, isn't that music to your ears? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, with, with Eddie, he's unique. He's different. When I saw him before, because I follow him on social media, he had this big, bushy beard. And from his face, I was like, dude, you're starting to look like Brody, who's one of your idols. I go, keep the beard. He obviously shaved it because he wanted to make that impression of, hey, this is his this is his normal face, not his pandemic face. But um, with, with Eddie, man, you have a unique, unique character. If I'm AEW, I would sign him. So, because I mean, so WWE doesn't sign him uh, because I'm sure he would take an offer from either company. I know Impact's not going to sign him because uh, Impact kind of is tapped out till next year because of all their signings. And you would get lost in your, you would also get lost with everybody's being signed. So, you know, Eddie Kingston right now has something that I, I feel he has a buzz and he probably could, for the first time in his life, I want to say either write his ticket or have an option of, hey, if I'm unsigned, I can go wherever I want, which is a cool option to have that most people don't have, especially during these times when there was, when before pandemic, when a wrestler's contract was coming up, Man, where do I want to go? Is it WWE? You want to take it the next step? Go to NXT? Go to AEW? Now it's, uh, you know, the companies have the choices because there's a lot of free agents out there. So it, interesting times. But yeah, man, Eddie got over and maximized his time. It's so funny you say that when uh, wrestlers go under in their time and, uh, you know, being an agent, I know like how much t time is allotted. And I'll be like, do you know how much advertisers pay? to have a minute of a commercial or 30 seconds of a commercial and you went a minute early or you meant a minute 30 early, maximize your time when you're on television because that can change in a heartbeat. You could also appear on a show and then your match gets edited. So just uh, maximize your time. And for anyone out there, if anyone's going to answer these calls, uh, or you have an opportunity on AEW Dark, because I see they're using a lot of uh, indie people out there. Maximize your time because it's a whole new world out there. Be able to talk. Just continue to master your craft. Because that's how you get a job. Uh, I'm about to whip out my pencil. Okay. You know what I want to see uh, Eddie Kingston do? What? I'd like to see Eddie Kingston get in Brian Cage's face. And I'd like to see Eddie Kingston tell Brian Cage, you ain't worth that FTW championship because you don't represent what an FTW champion is. I am. That's just off the top of my head what I like to see them do. All right, let's go back out to the nation. Izzy, Izzy, listen, we're not going to count your vote because we know you didn't watch AEW. No, no, uh, no. wait, 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 wait. Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. You. Okay. I did watch the Eddie Kingston promo. I thought it was really good, but it wasn't as good as Keith Lee's huge announcement. Um, I thought Keith Lee's announcement, it was bittersweet. Now, the bitter side was that I wanted to see more of him as double champ. I feel like they could have made him a little bit like Becky Lynch, where she was defending her Raw Women's Championship on one night and then the, uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship the other night. Um, but the really cool part about him relinquishing his North American championship is that it creates a superstar. For example, Bronson Reed. That man can go, and he looks like an absolute star in that triple threat. And then also, it focuses more on the NXT championship. We saw that in Dominic Dijakovic versus Karrion Cross. I loved how the ending connected Keith Lee's friendship with uh, Dominic Dijakovic, and it teased that carrying cross versus Keith Lee. It made me despise carrying cross and just want to see Keith Lee beat him up and throw him around full sail. So overall, I really enjoyed last night's episode of NXT. I really need you guys to count my vote because I watched a little bit of AEW and I'll be watching the rest of it tonight. Izzy, since you healed me right off the bat, I'm going to heal you now. <laughs> We're not counting your what? vote because yeah. Which word are you stuck on? You're, you're an educated girl. We're not counting your vote. You, th those you can understand those words because you didn't watch the entire show. 
I'm sorry. I swear I'm going to watch it tonight. I'll even film myself watching it. I'll send it to you guys, and then you can count my vote. Okay, you, you you film a promo, you put it up on the old Twitter machine, watching it, and then we will we will <laughs> decide whether or not we want to count your vote. But anyway, always great to have you on the show. I love your takes on NXT, and I think it's great that you love the end of the show just as much as we did. So thanks for the call, Izzy. Bye. She didn't even say goodbye. What a heel, Tommy. She's she hung up, up on, on you. Oh, you hurt my feet. Just had a 12-year-old girl hang up on you. <laughs> my feelings are hurt. About time someone stood up to you. Good you try to stand up to me. It's really easy to stand up to me. You just gotta get you just gotta be willing to get knocked back down. So Izzy calls every week, Tommy, and she talks about NXT. Um there, there she is talking about the same thing that we were talking about earlier, the story that they were able to tell at the end of the show with Dijakovic, Lee, and um, and Karrion uh, Cross. We were just talking about the heels in AEW. Do you think the sky is the limit for Karrion Cross and Scarlett Bordeaux? Did you like the match? Was there anything that you didn't like? How did, how do you, what do you think of his trajectory so far? Uh, man, he's, he's money, uh, been money since, uh, I first saw him, saw him, wrestled him in Vegas, brought him to house of hardcore. Then he got signed with impact and he's a super duper talent. He's great with his promos, which I feel they could do more of. He's excellent on social media. Um, for him, his entrance, you know, right away you said, Oh, wow, this guy's going to be a star. Excellent body. Uh, and can talk feel he needs to be more talkative on the, on the mic or more backstage presence makes him more special. The one thing I did not like, and it's a little thing and it made me realize it even more because someone's posted it on social media a long time ago. uh, Pat Patterson did a, Cobra Clutch escaped the cha- escaped the Cobra Clutch challenge, and Slaughter smacked Pat across the face. Pat got pissed, ripped off his shirt, which got a gigantic babyface pop. And you know Pat's body who was never uh, a good one, but it was just he showed fire. He's telling him to lock it in. He locks in that Cobra Clutch. They took the time to do it, and first thing Pat lunges towards the top rope. Runs up it, falls down. Sarge keeps it in. They get back to their feet. He keeps on doing. He did the arm drag, a judo throw out of it. Still kept it on. It was these bursts of energy while you're losing your oxygen to try to break that hold. And he never did. He finally got his hand there. They slowly showed it. When it was about to, Sergeant Slaughter kicked him in the stomach. And which then Vince was like, he broke the hold, which he didn't. Then he hit him with a chair, uh, and then he locked it in again. Here came all the wrestlers. They're punching Sarge in the face, and he still won't let it go. Then as a heel, he finally escapes. As Pat's leaning against the rope, Sarge sort of punches him back in the face again and then runs away. Well, the first time Cross went for the jacket, he locked it in, and uh, Dijak just arm-dragged him out of it. If you're this killer, if you're this UFC dude, you should never be able to get out of that hold. Once it's locked in, and it's a little, little thing, but I saw it countered right away by someone who's not uh, 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 and, you know, this portrayed killer or this MMA specialist. That's a little thing that I did not like, and though I like that they went back to it at the end, but no one should be able to counter it. Once his hands are locked, it's locked, and you're getting choked out. So that's my only little critique, and that's, you know, if you look at any, you know, real fighting i'm not a ufc expert but even like when undertaker was doing his little you know his different holds or when he was more of the you know doing the uh what is that thing he did man i forgot it the triangle choke the triangle choke yep it was he locked that stuff in and there's very few that could ever get i think kurt angle may have got out of it but to get over a hold like that you should never be able to easily get out of it once those hands are locked once your fingers are locked you know you're getting choked out that was my only little critique about that besides the rest the storytelling everything else 
done and that's not being protective. That's establishing it because then when someone actually does break that hold, that person is an instant star because then Sarge and Pat actually went to have a big feud, no titles on the line, and uh, it had that famous New York City street fight. The top teams in the NBA are in Orlando to finish the NBA season. Who will push for the final playoff spot? Look out below, baby! Look out below! Which star will secure their legacy with a title? That's good! Knockout punch by LeBron James! Your 24-7 home for the return of hoops is NBA Radio, Series 207, XM86, and at home with Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, or however you stream in the house. Cody is to AEW what Dusty was to the NWA. If Cody was to turn, as you're saying, who becomes that face of AEW? I mean, listen, Cody and the Bucks, when they did all in, that was them reaching out to that fan base and pulling them along with them. That's the fan base walking side by side. So if Cody was to ever stab that fan base in the back, who becomes that face of AEW? Tough to say, tough to say. And I, you know, very, very hard to say. Don't know who it would be. Is, is Moxley that kind of guy? Is Moxley really the face of a company? He, I don't feel he'd be the face of AEW, even though he's the champion because of his, you know, tie-ins as Dean Ambrose. You know. I kind of look at Cody the same way I look at you. Like when you, when you think about ECW back in the day, you know, there were so many guys that people loved and appreciated, but if you have to say, who did you love and appreciate the most? I think the answer is Tommy Dreamer because the uber baby face who was constantly there for the company. And even when the WWE came calling, you're like, no, thanks. I'm going to, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay here. And you, and you remained a baby face your entire career. I kind of see that the relationship that Cody has with the AEW fan base being the same thing. Even turning you, even turning you heel back in the day would have been such a force feed. Even if there was a great story behind it, I don't know if people would abide into it. Kind of like when they try to turn Axel Rotten heel. The ECW uh, fan base had so much love and respect for Axel Rotten that they didn't want to boo him. I don't think people would want to boo Tommy Dreamer, and I don't think that they would want to boo Cody Rhodes. I agree, and I don't, you know, I don't want to see it happen for a lot of those same reasons. Uh, I, I didn't even think about the whole face of the company. There's, there's just a lot. I get it being aggressive champion, but I see little, little heel nuances. And uh, I hope that's not the path that's taken because Cody is a money, money, baby face. You would need the right person to turn heel on. And there's, there's so much more to go as Cody as the baby face and the baby face champion. Want to get back to the voting. Uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, call in 877-344-4893, 877-344-4893. Vote for which show you like better, AEW or NXT. Back out to the nation. We go to Wes in Jacksonville, home turf of AEW. Wes, did you watch both shows and which one did you like better, buddy? I did. My my first goal for last night was to channel surf, but as soon as Kingston came on my TV, I promise you, Bully, within 10 seconds, I raised my eyebrows. I looked at my girlfriend. I said, I don't know who the hell this guy is, but I like him. Uh, typically when we hear a heel promo or see a heel come out, they're smiling. They're, they're, um, they're just kind of being that heel that says, I'm great, you suck, with a smile on their face to draw heat. I felt like this was a real heel speaking from the heart, saying F you to anybody that didn't agree with him. Uh, And he brought so much emotion that it took 10 seconds for me to say that I want to see this guy on my TV a hell of a lot more often. Um, So I ended up watching NXT this morning after I DVR'd it. You're absolutely right. It had that slow burn to it where it led to a a great climax at the end, but AEW stopped you from shutting off your your TV off of TNT. And there's a couple things that AEW is doing that NXT isn't that I love. Um, when this pandemic first started, Cody put out a telephone number and said, here's my phone number. Text me. I'll talk to you. 
A lot of us did that. Now we are a part of a huge group text that gets updates from Cody. He sends it out. We get a text from this number giving us uh, sneak peeks, previews, um, all this cool stuff. Not spoilers, but giving you a reason to watch on Wednesdays. I think that's a hell of an idea for marketing that AEW has done to that fan base that put out their phone number. Wes, Wes, hold on, hold on, Wes, 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 let me ask you a question because that's really interesting because me and Tommy were just talking about um Cody ever turning heel like you're talking about how Cody Rhodes is in a group text with you what could po- Cody Rhodes possibly do wrong that it would ever make you hate Cody Rhodes I think he would have to turn on Arn. He would have to be the one to turn on Arn. He would have to turn on his brother. He would have to turn on his wife. He would have to do something that is absolutely disgusting for me to say F Cody Rhodes. So you're, you're, he can't. Um, and one other thing I just wanted to touch real quick on AEW. I, I feel like they've taken the criticism of the rest and their tag teams and they found a solution by doing these uh, false count anywhere tag matches and now tornado tag matches getting away from the traditional tag matches. All right, Wes, thank you very much, man. We appreciate the phone call. Always a good one. Tommy, what'd you think about what Wes had to say? I liked it, and I liked it a lot for a few reasons. And here's another thing, the ownership. I think when uh, Tony Khan tweets, how many owners anywhere in any sport are tweeting their show and their players, their athletes, their employees? When Vince McMahon tweets, I don't even know if that's actually Vince McMahon tweeting. Um, so Tony Khan has this, re, you know, he he's a billionaire too. He has this, he has this underdogness because he's such a wrestling fan. We had him on this show and we're just having regular conversations like how you and I talk or how we talk with the nation. But when Tony Khan goes out there and tweets and he does it with his soccer team, he does it with the Jaguars, and he does it with his wrestling, uh, but he does it most with wrestling. And he's telling people to watch it. He's giving reasons why. It's just this more personal feel. And listen, we had that personal feel in ECW when we were competing against Ted Turner's Millions and the WWE. And people still talk about ECW today. And and that's why you and I always pay the highest compliment about AEW and ECW and the correlations. And they have such great athletes. It's just all these little nuances. Like, like Wes was saying, man, I get a, I'm in a group chat with uh, a group text with Cody Rhodes. That's friggin' cool as can be. And now Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio's resident golf historian, Dave Marr, with a PGA Championship memory. On April 10th, 1916, the PGA of America was founded, and six months later to the day, the inaugural PGA Championship began. Englishman Long Jim Barnes claimed the title he would successfully defend in 1919 after the conclusion of World War I. PGA Championship Week starts August 3rd on Sirius 208 XM 92 and on your Sirius XM app. Do you really consider Chris Jericho a textbook heel? Does he belong in the same conversation as the most traditional heels of all time? That being a guy who is hated from the moment you see him to the moment he's gone? I would say Chris Jericho's top and this isn't like a one, two, three, but like top three speakers in the industry right now and top three heels when he wants to be in the biz- in the business. When Roddy Piper was a heel, yeah, he was a heel, but he also had that Roddy Piper-isms when he was also a babyface. Chris Jericho's the AEW champion, was an amazing heel. And yes, Chris is... You know, I do compare Chris to like The Rock in his promos that he's so entertaining, but The Rock, Steve Austin, uh, Chris Jericho can take you on a ride that many cannot. And like, he's also great with current references. And when I tell you how I know he's such a great heel, because everyone talks about MJF, 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 when... Jericho and MJF had their little thing with uh, in the ring and they were going back forth with against Cody. It was pure money, but it was like, it was almost to me like 
Jericho, here's the star getting the next person over, which is a, a veteran should do. But when Jericho wants to be the bad, I mean, dude, look what he's doing with Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy was a beloved figure uh, in AEW, kind of like a, a cult-like figure. But now people, you know, think or like that Orange Cassidy, he's standing toe-to-toe with Chris Jericho. And now they're bringing other people around in that. And Jericho's smart. He's put other people in his faction to get him be the heater. Jericho, when he's on the microphone being a commentator as well, I think that's where he may lose his uh, total healness, but he does put himself over when he rips up J- uh, Shivani or JR, whoever he's against. Uh, it, it's old school Dusty Rhodes. You can't crack whip against him because Jericho knows how to do simple little nuances that most people do not. And I do feel always playing the role, but Chris Jericho will always be Chris Jericho and babyface. Yeah. It, it's easy for someone who's been around a long time to be a babyface. It's super duper hard for someone who's been a long time around a long time to be a heel. Uh, I, that's why I'd always praise Kane because whenever that music hits, people would always react, but Kane actually would change himself up and become a heel. Uh, as opposed to when these big red machine, People just friggin' love that guy. But in the beginning, he was just a straight up heel. Chris Jericho, it, to me, is a phenomenal, phenomenal heel. Top, I would say top two heels in the industry right now. I will agree that he is a phenomenal heel when he is being the heel. But I don't look at him in that traditional way. I am, I'm enjoying Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Okay? But who would you rather see get punched in the face? Chris Jericho or MJF? MJF. And this is this is my the point of my discussion. When whenever I talk about heels, and maybe because it's a little bit more personal to me, and I never like to bring myself into the discussion unless I can feel I can add to the discussion. If there were 2,000, 20,000, 200,000, I don't care how many people were out there in the crowd. If I'm out there and even one person was cheering for me, or if even one person was wearing my T-shirt, I always took it personally like I'm not doing my job. Because all I should be doing is getting hatred from this audience. Because the more hatred I could get from them, the more love the guy standing across from me will get. When I see an MJF, I feel that that guy is a heel 24 Seven, whether he's on TV, whether he's at an autograph session, whether he's on social media, he is a dick from Jump Street. There's there there is no ifs, ands, or buts. Now, could the modern day wrestling audience say that MJF is entertaining in what he does? Yes, but that's a subjective opinion. He's not trying to entertain you. He's trying to be an asshole, Chris is too entertaining to be that asshole. So, I mean, first of all, kudos to MJF for being in this conversation at all, because when I think of a heel today, I'm thinking of a guy like him. But do you kind of understand, like, my point of... And Tommy, listen, you saw it. You were right next to me for forever. It, there, there is no entertainment in the middle. It's, it's I hate you, and I hate you forever. And that's in my opinion, what a real heel should do. Uh, listen, man, I agree. And, and even in your most harshest of promos, but there became a point where fans were goading you because they wanted to be healed upon. They wanted to be part of the, the verbal tirade and stripped down in front of a, of a massive crowd and act like they also were going to fight you guys. You would usually take it to the next level as well as you'd probably say that or you'd address the person next to them uh, or if it was the girlfriend of that person, it would, it would always take that little turn. All stuff that you couldn't say today in the sense of just the, the verbal tirade, but you knew during a Dudley's match uh, you were going to get this long ass, uh, winded friggin' promo that is going to just basically set the tone for the match. And and I do feel that Jer- like if Chris Jericho wrestled Gif uh, Garrison, the next TV Gif Garrison would be a bigger star and have a get more sympathy than he did against uh, MJF. I disagree. 
I think mm-hmm. la- yeah, yep, yeah, and we can agree to disagree. I, last night, I'm looking. I've never once said to myself, "Wow, I hope Orange Cassidy kicks Chris Jericho's ass." I really hope he. I hope he stiffs him. I hope he he catches him with a potato. With last night with Griff Garrison, I'm like, oh my god, Griff, please punch him in the face. You also don't think about how long we've been watching Chris Jericho. That doesn't play a part in your mental psyche as a fan. I, I think that's exactly why I can't put him into that real heel category because he has been around so long. And you know what? Let's take him being around so long and let's throw it out of the discussion. Let's take Chris Jericho's AEW body of work. Let's just just take him at commentary. How do I hate that guy at commentary? How do I hate the guy that personally uh, makes an Ace Freely reference or pulls out an 80s movie shtick or says some corny stuff that pops me? I'm not hating. If you're making me laugh along your journey of being this top heel in a company, well, now, man, you've just become so entertaining that I can never hate you to the same level that I hate an MJF. I know what MJF is doing and I still hate him. Okay. Uh, I'd like to say a few things about this because now we're getting heated. Uh, how about who's, who's there's somebody heated? I'm just drinking coffee and sweating under my breasts. Um, um, how about somebody named Jesse, the body Ventura? How about somebody named Roddy Piper? How about somebody named Bobby, the brain Heenan? How about somebody about the name of Randy Savage, all who went into the color commentary booth, uh, and then came back as either heel, mainly as heels, but they did all that stuff too. It was entertaining. It was uh, everything that you wanted it to be, but then they can turn it because they were just that great. And, and trust me, I get what you're saying, and I'm sure that I'm going to have a much nicer room in the Jericho Cruise after this conversation, but I, I just feel that that uh, is where it's at with Chris Jericho, and I'm the biggest fan. He inspires me to be a better performer. He really does. Now you're kissing ass. I'm not kissing now, that, That's why you're going to get a bigger room. Now you just blatantly kissed his ass. I just want a room closer to the buffet. You um, just, but oh, he inspires me to be a better performer. No, he, he does. Edge, no, he come, doesn't. excuse me, Edge coming back and being in the shape he was. I was like, damn, look what he did. I wanted to get better. That's Edge. Uh, okay. And that's Jericho. I'm just talking about I, there's people out there that inspire me with their bodies of work. I feel Chris Jericho's kind of like the Will Smith. Everything he touches turns to gold. And he could do it as a heel. He could do it as a babyface. He makes me want to watch Chris Jericho. And I can always remove myself as a fan and a friend. You can too, because that's how we have to do it. Hell, I used to have to watch that stupid ECW show three times because I used to watch it as an editor, as a fan, and then as my own personal work. Great. That still, doesn't, that still doesn't make him a – he's he's a great heel when he needs to be. He has He's gone past heel. He's gone past babyface. He's an uber star. He's an uber star in AEW, and he's too entertaining for me to ever hate him. That's my okay. point. I can't hate him the way I hate. Listen, even like, 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 let's take a Lance Archer. Man, it's hard to hate Lance Archer because he looks so impressive and because he kicks so much ass. There are very few people out there, and this is why I like MJF so much. There are very few people out there who can keep that heat from the minute you see them, whether it's on a screen, in person, on social media, until the minute they leave, there is no, oh, you know what? I kind of like this guy. Oh, oh, he's a nice guy. MJF reminds me of one of those old school wrestlers where if you met them at the gas station, they were going to be as big of a jerk to you in real life as they were in the ring. I mean, MJF is making fun of people in wheelchairs that come to autograph sessions. To me, that reeks of being a heel. Let me ask you this. Greatest heel of all time, some would say Nature Boy Ric Flair, correct? Sure, some would say that, yes. He's been around a long, long time. Um, When he came out, when he turned on Christian recently, he joined with Randy Orton. Were we like so, so pissed off that we wanted to see Ric Flair get his ass kicked? No, because he's Ric Flair, because he's so 
he he's so he's been the man for so long. It's just like, oh, that's just Ric Flair. It's a heel move, but it really didn't garner heat. Randy Orton was the one who's who would get the heat from his promos. I feel Chris Jericho could still garner that heat. And if it was a reverse situation where it was Chris Jericho doing something with Randy Orton in that same exact spot, we would hate the hell out of Chris Jericho uh, as opposed to Ric Flair. And that's why I say Jericho is better. Have you ever seen uh, a crowd sing along to the words of somebody's entrance music like they did the Sandman? Yes, Chris Jericho. Oh, and and he's this great heel? Yes, because it's entertaining. No, when you're at that level, great, you're entertaining, you're over, I get it. My point is a great heel should always keep you in that moment of hatred. That's what my point is. I, listen, I understand your point, but then if you look at it uh, post post uh, COVID world that we're living in, well, who did he have sing it? Sammy and Sammy butchering the song made people hate that kid even more. I listen. I get what you. There's everybody's me, popping there's, for the return of Sammy Guevara last night. Uh, okay. I don't know about well, that, but I thought it was okay. Yeah. No, it seems on social media, everybody was really excited yes. to see Sammy Guevara come back, you know, nice as opposed surprise. to, ah, screw that, we hate Sammy. Listen, man, you're a fabulous heel. I get it. Um, I'm not Jericho, trying to push me on you. No, I'm not. But I'm telling you, like, I witnessed, hey, I witnessed you leaving ECW and people like crying and everyone's, and then when you won the titles, people were like, what the hell's going on? Then you turned him and said you were going to lay him at the feet of uh, Vince McMahon and you were the, like, they wanted to murder you and you went from being a total, total, you still went into the match as a heel, but then you totally turned it as the ultimate heel. And that's what great heels can do. I feel great heels can be entertaining. Look at uh Neil before Zod. That guy was entertaining and Superman. I think he's and one then, of the most underrated heels of all time. Zod. Yes. Yeah, he was a great heel. Think of the Joker, Heath Ledger, was probably the greatest babyface of all time, and he kept on turning himself heel, but if he didn't have such a strong babyface called Batman against him, that man would have had his own bunch of movies just as that character, because he was, and he was killing people. And he was the greatest entertaining heel that you possibly can see. But because his foil was Batman, people gave it a pass. Um, but what I'm trying to say is Jericho is that great entertaining heel. And you can be an entertaining heel. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.